Welcome to the First Baptist Church Keller Sermon Podcast. Each week we make available sermons from Pastor Keith and our staff on our website, fbckeller.org. And on iTunes, search for First Baptist Church Keller TX in the iTunes Store or in the podcast app on your mobile device. And now here's our pastor, Keith Sanders. Today we are studying in the book of Proverbs. In fact, we've been studying the book of Proverbs throughout this uh, summer of 2021. And today we come to my favorite Proverbs. I suppose we shouldn't have uh, favorite Proverbs any more than we should have favorite children. We know that all the Bible is true and trustworthy. Paul said uh, that it's uh, helpful to all of us. And so uh, I believe that our Proverbs today will be helpful to you. It's certainly been helpful in my life. In fact, the Lord used Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, our text today, um, to call me into full-time ministry. And I want to share that story at the end of the message today. Just to review, Proverbs are short, easy-to-remember nuggets of wisdom. They're passed down from one generation to the next. Almost every culture um, historically on planet Earth has had Proverbs. The book of Proverbs in our Bible contains about 800 Proverbs, most of which were written by King Solomon, the son of David. They are very practical in nature. They are meant to lead a person to what we call in theology practical righteousness, that is righteousness put into everyday practice. That includes our decisions, includes how we relate to one another. Um, We have 16 messages from Proverbs over the next two months, eight on Sunday morning and eight on Wednesday evening through the months of June and July. Um, Some of the titles may interest you, uh, Wisdom and Our Mouth, Gossip. Um, We're going to talk about how the Lord wants us to control our tongue and be wise with how we speak to one another. We're also going to address some issues that are very relevant today, issues like uh, sanctity of human life, um, alcohol and alcohol abuse, um, how children are to relate to parents. So I, I hope that you'll be here for as many of these as you can. Uh, If you miss a week or so, um, we are going to have these, Lord willing, on our website at the end of the summer, all 16 messages for you to review and listen to as uh, often as you'd like. Now, the Sanders uh, read the Proverbs at our house constantly. It is the basis for how we discipline our four children. We want them to grow up to be men and women that honor God with their lives. And as uh, we have seen on Sunday morning, wisdom is something that takes great effort. We have to pursue it. It does not happen by osmosis. Um, But we are sure that when we pursue it and find it, it is incredibly valuable to our lives. So today I want to share with you my favorite proverb. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. It's a sort of summary of all of the Proverbs in two verses. I say it's my favorite because the Lord used it again to reveal his will to me and in in, in his will for me to pastor. Um, here it is, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Well, there in verse 5, he gives us a command. He says, trust in the Lord. That word trust in the Hebrew means to lie face down, prostrate, with arms stretched in front of you. Um, It is the posture of a servant reporting for duty, awaiting his master's instructions. And what we trust is what we prioritize. 
That is what we're depending on. We are warned time and again not to trust anything that this world has to offer. Peter tells us in the New Testament that the things of this world eventually will all be burned up with fervent heat. So it is the height of foolishness to trust something um, that will go away so soon. Paul tells us not to trust the uncertainty and the deceitfulness of riches. Scripture says that some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the Lord our God. Why do we trust the Lord? Well, why do we trust anyone? We trust people if they are trustworthy. And the Lord is, of course, trustworthy. He has not, and he indeed cannot lie. He is omnipotent. There's nothing more powerful than God. He never fails. He's infallible. And Scripture says, if we put our trust in him, we will never be ultimately disappointed. All of our trust is what he requires. That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, this speaks of a childlike faith. A child trusts his parents to meet his or her needs and that their parents have their best interest in heart. Uh, but we believe from the head, don't we? We are not anti-intellectual here. Scripture says that we're to renew our minds. Uh, but we also trust from the heart. Uh, that is, we believe in what we cannot yet see. Uh, Jerry Bridges says this, This trust is the polar star of a child of God. It is faith in his Father's providence, promises, and grace. And that's really what faith is. It's believing the promises of God. And so to trust the Lord with all one's heart means total devotion. It's the opposite of divided allegiance. It's what Jesus said, that we cannot serve God in money. It's an impossibility. Um, you either will love the one and hate the other, hate the one and love the other. There's nothing held back, in other words. But our trust in the Lord must also be exclusive. It, it can't be trust in God and my ability, um, my background, my training, my education, my material resources, whatever you want to put in that blank. Uh, it's God and God alone. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul teaches that salvation is by faith alone in Christ alone. It's not faith plus works. It's not faith plus anything. It's uh, faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone. Now, once he's given that instruction about the wholehearted trust in God, he says uh, this warning, do not lean on your own understanding. And Solomon's lived enough life to know that is the uh, propensity of every human being to begin in hard times and even good times to lean upon one's own understanding and ability. And I think really the warning here is against pride. It's against arrogance. He says, don't be arrogant. Do not trust your own heart and mind. And speaking of um, the human heart, which is the seat of our emotions and our intellect, the scripture says that the heart of man is desperately wicked and who could understand it? That is, it's not trustworthy. Whereas God is trustworthy, the human heart is not. Now, uh, we're going to be studying the book of Romans um, beginning on August the 22nd on Sunday morning here at First Baptist Keller. And um, I mention it a lot. I'm very excited about it. I've never preached verse by verse uh, through Romans although I have read it many times, particularly chapter 1, 
which describes the declension of the human condition. Uh, most of us who went to public school were taught uh, the concept of biological evolution. And that is that uh, humanity started with a single-cell organism, and he sprouted gills and a tail, and one day crawled up out of the primordial ooze and lost his gill and tails and developed lungs and the ability to walk upright until you have what we know today as a homo sapien, a human being. Um, Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that in a single moment, God created man in his own image. But that evolutionary theory has moved from biology to the social sciences. And the idea is that human beings not only have evolved biologically, but they continue to evolve culturally and in their sophistication. That is, man started out as a knuckle-dragging hunter-gatherers, and today he's landed on the moon. Well, the Bible tells a different story. Uh, the Bible tells the story that God created a perfect environment for his highest creation, man, to live in, and man messed it up through disobedience, through sin. And every problem on planet Earth today ultimately can be traced to that decision by Adam and Eve to disobey God in the Garden of Eden. And rather than evolving upward and higher and more sophisticated, uh, man since then has been going down a slippery slope of decline and continues to do that uh, to this good day. Well, that's why we can't lean on our own understanding. Our minds, our hearts, our wills, our very being has been um, defiled by sin, and we're born with that sin nature. Of course, the very word sin is controversial in our culture. I remember uh, several election cycles ago, the two candidates for president of the United States were uh, in a conversation, not really a debate, um, of all things, um, mediated by a Baptist preacher. And this uh, Baptist preacher asked both candidates for their definition of sin. And the candidate, who was extremely popular and won by a large margin the election, said his definition of sin was violating his own standard of conduct. Now, that sounds uh, rather sophisticated, but when you dissect it, what he's saying is that he is his own standard of conduct. Well, that uh, most people in our culture are not as articulated as that particular person, but really he said what most people are thinking. They decide what is right and wrong. In other words, they are their own God. Now, that's not a biblical worldview. And as Christians, what we want to develop, maintain, and nurture is a biblical or a Christian worldview. And what the Bible tells us is that God has revealed himself in his holy scriptures. The Bible, God's word, is our standard of conduct, not our own understanding. And so that's what Solomon means when he tells his son, do not lean on your own understanding. That is, there is a standard of, of behavior outside of yourself and you are to measure yourself against the Bible. In other words, the Bible stands in judgment over humanity. Humanity doesn't stand in judgment over the Bible. Now, he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, that word all is a very simple word. It just means everything. In all your conduct, speech, thoughts, acknowledge God. I take that to mean big decisions and small decisions. 
Acknowledge his sovereignty over his creation, his sovereign rule over your own life. Consciously submit to his authority in every area of life. Now, how do we do that? Well, it's an attitude that we have of humility. But I think the primary way in which we consciously submit to God's authority is is through prayer, that we consult him through prayer and through his word, knowing that uh, much of his will for our lives uh, specifically is found in the Bible. And certainly all of the principles uh, that he wants us to know that we need to live lives that bring glory to him are found in the scripture. So we consult him through prayer and through reading the word. Um, to acknowledge him, though, means to, to know him intimately. That, that is the word uh, at its very root, to develop an intimate relationship with him. Uh, most of us who are married can relate to this. I recently celebrated my 18th anniversary, and I find that the closer I am with my wife, um, the more I want to know about her, uh, what her likes and dislikes are, um, what her preferences are what she's thinking. And, and that's really well, sanctification, isn't it? As we grow into the image of Christ, we want to know him more deeply and, and more completely. And so this is what he says. Acknowledge him in every area. Consult him with every decision of life. Know his will and his ways intimately over the course of a lifetime. Um, now, the only way I know to develop that kind of intimacy is by spending time with the one you want to be close to. If you want to have a close marriage, you must spend time communicating with your spouse. If you want to grow in sanctification, you have to spend time with the Lord through prayer, through meditation, through memorization of his word. There is simply no substitute. Uh, But there's a warning even there. Um, I think many people view the Bible the same way they view the medical reference journal on their physician's desk. Uh, the Bible's not a reference manual. You don't come to it with a specific problem and uh, look up the verse that is the medicine for that. Uh, it's not a reference manual. It is, in fact, a, a love letter. And as you talk about growing in intimacy with the Lord or with your spouse, uh, most of you are old enough to remember when people actually wrote letters and you would uh, take your time writing and rewriting because you wanted there to be no misunderstanding that uh, your love and affection were only uh, towards the one that you loved who was going to receive this letter. And, and on the other hand, when you received a love letter, you parsed it to the nth degree. You read it and reread it, underlined things, um, nurtured it in, in your own heart, and and. Uh, You grew in love and affection for the one who wrote it. And and this is how we should view the Word of God, not as a reference manual. Uh, It certainly does give us great instructions about how to live this life. But it is God's revelation of himself to those he loves, his people. Now, when we acknowledge God in every way, when we seek to honor him in every decision of life, uh, when we come to him constantly through prayer and through study of the Word, Here is, um, I take it a promise. Now, I want to be careful here because I said the very first lesson on Proverbs that Proverbs are Proverbs. They're not promises. They're not ironclad guarantees. But I think here's an exception to that. The exceptions, of course, because we can find similar things in the New Testament that are promises. 
And the promise is that if we will acknowledge him in all things, if we won't trust in our own understanding, if we seek him first, as Jesus said, he will direct your path. Now, let's look at that very closely. It doesn't say he'll make your life easy. He doesn't say that he'll lead you to a path of comfort and ease. It simply means when he says he will direct your path that he will steer you on the right course of life. Now, there is a metaphor that we find in, in both Testaments about the human condition, and that is the metaphor of a path or a road or a racetrack. And all of us are walking our life's path. Uh, we're not God, so we don't know how far we are to the end of that path. Um, but here's one thing that every Christian knows. As the hymn says, our path is full of dangers, toils, and snares. God in nowhere in the scripture has promised a, a path without any obstacles. In fact, Jesus says when you choose to follow him, you can expect many more obstacles. And the Apostle Paul says all those who seek to live godly can expect persecution. The point is that he's going to steer our course in a way that ultimately leads us home. And along that, he will help us avoid obstacles uh, that could trip us up. I'm taking, speaking particularly of temptation. Um, he will put us on the path of life rather than the path of death. Um, in one of the sermons that we're looking at this summer, uh, we talked about um, the adulterous woman. And Solomon instructs his son to stay far away from her door. And then he goes on to explain the reason is because the path of life of the adulteress leads to pain, disease, and violence, and death. Now, when Jesus was about to break onto the scene 2,000 years ago, God sent a forerunner the last Old Testament prophet, to proclaim that Jesus was on his way, the Messiah was coming, and that was John the Baptist. John the Baptist preached a message of repentance, and he told the people to make the path straight, that is to remove the obstacles out of their path, the sin in their life, so that they could receive the Messiah with joy. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does along life's path is to point out to us those sins and habits of life that need to be removed so that we can enjoy intimacy and, and fellowship with the Lord. And I think when he says he'll direct your path, that he will give you um, help and wisdom in making specific decisions about life. And I told you at the beginning of this message, I'd share one of those moments from my own life. So in 1993, between my junior and senior year of college at Mississippi State, I didn't have a clue of what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, for most of my life, I had resisted praying to God and telling him that I would do anything he wanted me to do um, because I was afraid of that, <laughs> because I had certain things in my life that I wanted to do and see and accomplish, and I was afraid if I totally and fully surrendered my will to God's, he would make me miserable. Well, obviously, that uh, type of... of inaction and misunderstanding uh, is prevalent in a lot of our people, even Christian people. And I grew up in a Christian home. I should have known better because the Bible clearly teaches that God is not a cosmic killjoy. Um, in fact, uh, as I've come to understand the scriptures, hopefully 
a little more deeply in the last 25 years. Um, one of the ways that I view a calling is when the Lord has uh, said something is a good thing and then he gives you the joy in doing it. And what I found uh, working at a Christian boys camp that summer, uh, as the Lord gave me opportunity to preach in local churches on Sunday representing the camp, that he gave me a great joy in preaching and teaching the Word of God. Uh, a much greater joy than I ever had in, in athletics or academics or any other things that I thought were important up until that point. Um, and I began to believe that the Lord was calling me to be one of his pastors, to serve a local church. Uh, and yet I, I was so inexperienced at these sorts of things that um, I didn't have a lot of confidence in my own discernment. And so I asked the Lord um, to confirm this calling through two individuals uh, of his choosing uh, that I thought knew the Lord and could discern his will. Uh, now, the Lord didn't have to do that, and I don't recommend that as a course of action in general, but the Lord was gracious, and over the course of that summer, two godly men that I greatly admired came to me separately and asked me to pray about because they believed the Lord might be calling me into the pastorate. And at the conclusion of that summer, I was absolutely confident that was the Lord's will for my life and that he had directed that path. And I made that announcement to my local church. And from that point on, um, the Lord has given me a great opportunity to, to serve his church as a pastor, for which I am, am very, very grateful. The point is that when we stop trusting in ourselves, when we don't hold anything back, if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, we don't lean on our own understanding. His promise is that he will direct our path. He will show us the right course of action. And I pray that all of us would seek his will and not our own. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you still are fulfilling promises. You're as powerful as ever. You know the end from the beginning. And Lord, we don't. Uh, you see the parade from 30,000 feet, the end and the beginning at once. We just see... Uh, the few feet that's in front of us. We don't understand your plan completely. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your word, though, a love letter to the saints in which uh, your nature and your character, the principles that we need for pleasing you in our lives are found. And Father, then you give us a promise in James 1.5, if we lack wisdom, which we all do, and we ask you, you promise to give it freely. And so, Lord, we thank you for the wisdom literature of the Bible, including the Proverbs. We thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit that leads us to all truth. And Father, if there's anything in our lives that we're holding back from your Lordship, that we're keeping for ourselves, Lord, we pray that we'd submit completely and totally to you, to trust in you indeed with our whole heart, exclusively, not trusting our own heart at all. And then, Lord, thank you that you promised to direct our path. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to our broadcast. To learn more about First Baptist Church in Keller, Texas, or to hear more sermons by Pastor Keith and our staff, visit us online at fbckeller.org.